Hello and welcome to Questions You're Not Asking. My name is Tom French. And I'm Chris Morphew. Chris and I are writing a book with responses to a bunch of absurd questions about God and the Bible that you're probably not asking and probably don't need an answer to. And as we prepare the book, we're letting you in on our discussions. This week we're talking about something. But before we get there, Chris, how you going? I'm going all right. Oh, this is exciting. We're not giving up the, the topic straight up. I mean, they've read it in the title as previously discussed. But anyway, I'm doing all right. I have two and a bit weeks left of the term and then I'll be on holiday. So Ooh. instead of staying home all day, I'll get to stay home all day. Fantastic. And so that's going to be great. How are you doing? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm okay. I'm in my pajamas still. Because uh, I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. But what did happen when I was sleeping in that short moment that I was sleeping was uh, I had a dream about this podcast. And I dreamt that this uh, episode that we're recording, when I we came to do this bit of our recording, I found out it was already recorded and edited. And we had an Academy Award winning actor come on as a guest to do some dramatic recreations for us with music and everything. It was fantastic. Wow. Did did your subconscious tell you who it was? <laughs> it did, but I don't remember now. I just remember uh-huh. there, were, there, were, there were Academy Award winning. <laughs> the problem is that the only name that comes to mind is Kevin Spacey. And I'm like, this it wasn't and it shouldn't have been. So... I don't know. That's all I got. Oh. <laughs> well, maybe we can line that up for season three. An Academy Award winner? I feel like your brain's given you a good idea there while you were asleep. Let's, yeah. Let's just put it out there on Twitter or something. They all read their comments. You know they do. Why wouldn't they want to do some pro bono voice acting? I suspect in our audience, we already have a few Academy Award winners and they could just get in touch. That seems right. I mean, we've got about 30 in our audience, right? So odds are at least a couple of them yeah. must have a few trophies <laughs> on the mantle, you'd think. If you're out there and you have won an Academy Award or even just a Logie, why don't you get in touch? Send us an email, questions at questionsyourenotasking.com and say, I'd love to be on the podcast and we will, we'll make an episode with you. Even if you would like to pretend to be one of those people, like if you do a good impression of of uh, Burjo from Burjo's catchphrase <laughs> or Kevin Spacey, we would love to hear from you. And maybe you can do an impression of Don Burgess being... Was it Don Burgess or John Burgess? This is what I was fix- trying to remind myself. I think it's John, John Burgess and Don and Don Burke. Burke. Yeah. So if you can do an, a good Don Burke or John Burgess or Kevin Spacey impression, hit us up and maybe you can do Don Burke doing the Apostle Paul or something. And then that's sure to boost the ratings through the roof. You, you've got to imagine. I would like a Don Burke recreation of the Book of Galatians with some Don Burke color put in. I'd enjoy that. Maybe we can have someone doing an impression of John Burgess taking on the role of Jesus. And then you can have Don Burke offering his gardening insights into all of Jesus' garden-based parables and farming-based parables. I feel like that would be some quality content right there. (laughs) Yeah, I would listen to that. I mean, I would have to because it's our podcast, but I might have to listen to it over and over again while you edited it. And what a day that would be for you. Anyway, Tom, what's our question for today? 
Our question for today is, was Jesus the favorite child? I assume that's was Jesus Mary's favorite child or Mary and Joseph's favorite child. Yeah, um, I think we can assume that since we're the ones asking the question. <laughs> Let's say, yes, we assume that. All right, good. Um, I think you were the one who asked this question. So why did it uh, come to your mind to ask this? Well, I was just, I was thinking about what it would be like to have a bunch of kids and one of them is the Messiah and the others are not. And so one of them is existing in a state of sinless perfection and presumably perfect obedience and the others are just regular ratbag kids. How do you not be like, I love you all, but man... Jesus is less of a hassle than the rest of you. <laughs> I mean, I guess, to be fair, he was a source of um, grief in different ways mm-hmm. as time went on. But I keep imagining there being times where James is doing something dumb and Mary's like, oh, why can't you be more like your brother? And then when James discovers that Jesus is God, he's like, uh that's why I can't be more like my brother. So anyway, that's the background to my thinking about it. I feel like if anyone was going to have the strength of will to not play favorites, even in the face of such tempting circumstances, I feel like Mary could do that. But I don't know. What do you think? I've been thinking about like just favorite children a little bit lately because are you like, are you a crown watcher? No, but I, I'm an aspiring crown watcher, so don't spoil anything <laughs> for me. All right. Well, there's a there's an episode in the later season, uh, season four, where uh, Prince Philip asks the queen who her favorite child is. And she says, I don't have a favorite child. And his, he says, of course you do. Everyone's got a favorite child. He's like... I know who mine is. <laughs> and then he's like, and I know who yours is. And then she sets about inviting each of her children uh, to lunch so that she can find out which one she thinks is her favorite child. Uh, I won't spoil which one wins the competition for the queen's heart. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I've been thinking about it lately because I don't spend a lot of time thinking about favorite children, but then like, it was clear with the queen when she sits down with her kids that some of them are just nicer than others. And I think it'd be very hard not to have a favorite child, particularly if you are, yeah, if you've got Jesus as one of your kids. Except that what occurs to me though is that sometimes being the Messiah and being perfect doesn't endear you to people. Like, Jesus was the first of Mary's kids to get martyred and mm. and the rest of them that did get martyred that we know of uh, wouldn't have been martyred if it wasn't for Jesus. So, like, if he could upset, uh, upset the people who he wasn't as close to, he would probably really upset his family at times. Well, on the on the subject of, like, thinking about favorite children in general, like you are about to be the parent of one child, 
which yes, I know who my you're allowed to have a favorite. Is. Um, I am not the parent of any children, which makes it easy to not have that problem. But I am a teacher at school. Um, and while that's not the same as parenting, there is something kind of analogous. And if anything, I've just got like a broader, I see a broader spectrum of different children and different personalities and different behavior standards and things. Um, and I was thinking about it because at the end of last year, when I was finishing up with a bunch of my classes, um, multiple different classes were like, we're your favorite class though, aren't we, Mr. <laughs> Which on the one hand, I was like, cool, I'm glad you feel that way. And I hope every class kind of feels like they're my favorite class because I hope every class feels that valued. But, you know, like professionally, my job is to treat every kid as equally and equitably as possible, you know. And so professionally, you don't have favorites. That being said, (laughs) there are some students and some classes who are fun and engaged with the content that I'm teaching and inquisitive and on board and they're kind to me and they're kind to each other. And then there are other students who are not like that. And I would guess if you ask a room full of teachers which class they'd find more enjoyable to teach out of those two options, I reckon most would say the first group. Now, that's what's more, like, what's easier and more enjoyable to teach, not what's most worthwhile to teach. Because, like, to be honest, one of the great joys of being a teacher is wrangling the difficult kids and helping them to get on board with learning and to achieve the best outcomes that they can. But I guess all that to say, there's kind of a a distinction maybe to be drawn between pragmatically how you treat all of your children if you have kids. Um, And in that sense, it's like, well, no, I don't show favoritism between my sons and daughters. But then there's like, your brother is way easier to deal with than you though. And so I wonder about that. And like, I have, I have the inside scoop from multiple parents where they're like no of course i don't play favorites but this kid is clearly way easier to parent than this one like clearly that's just a thing and so i think maybe it's worth making a distinction between like that negative favoritism of treating one kid better than another and the kind of natural like acknowledgement of the reality that just some people you gel with more easily than others and i bet that doesn't just switch off when you're a parent like i know i bet you love all your kids but i also bet it's like well this kid has all the same interests as me and they're nice to me and they still think i'm the cool parent and this kid i have very little in common with i want to love you both equally but you're way less of a hassle than you are (laughs) i don't know (laughs) what do you think yeah, I think I think that's pro- probably true, um, but I don't, I still don't think that necessarily means that Jesus was the favorite child, or the one that Mary and Joseph gelled with the best. Like sinners might gel with sinners better than with perfect people, and you might be stressed out if you're Mary that like your son 
Jesus is judging you at times. And he'll be like, well, not yet, but it's coming. <laughs> like, like yeah. there's some well, real sticky situations there if your son is also God. Yeah. Well, I feel like on that, we've, like, there's a bunch of Mary stuff that we probably need to talk about. But can I just flag one other thing real quick? And that is that if Mary and or Joseph did play favorites, they, like, there's a rich heritage of that in the Bible. Like, there are a (laughs) lot of parents playing favorites um, with disastrous results. Like, you've got Isaac favoring Esau and Rebecca favoring Jacob, and that didn't end well. Mm-hmm. And you've got Jacob favoring Joseph over his eleven other brothers, and that didn't end well. I mean, I guess it did end well, but you know, not for lack of disastrous consequences along the way. And even like Abraham favoring Isaac over Ishmael, like it's a different situation, and there's different factors at play. But still, one kid got to stick around, and the other one didn't. So. Yep. Anyway, so maybe, you know, she was just following the family tradition. <laughs> maybe. Ex- except um, the th- what I find with Mary is, though, that she almost always does a better job at being a human than almost anyone else in the Bible. Yeah, that's true. There, there, there are very few people in the Bible who get so, like, such a positive review. Yeah. Yeah, like the worst thing that she does, as far as I can tell, is she wants to take Jesus home at one point because she thinks he's gone crazy. Mm. And if that even does include her. Yeah, it could be that her, like Jesus' siblings dragged her along. It's like, Mom, you're coming with us. We're going to get Jesus. She's like, Oh, I don't know. It's like, No, you're coming with us. But, um, <laughs> like, like she's definitely in that group. But, uh, which is not-, not to say. She was sinless, or is it, Tom? Is it? <laughs> because there would be some people who would um, take a different view to us on that score. There would so be. So what would you say to them? No, she's not sinless. <laughs> um, I don't she, think there's anything but, in the Bible that says that she's sinless. But isn't she the mother of God, though? Yeah, yeah. It's like, that's in, like... That's an important point that she is the mother of God, but she doesn't have to be sinless. Well, did we discuss this in the DNA episode about what Mary's blood passing on to Jesus? And so she had to be sinless herself so that Jesus wasn't also born into sin or something. Isn't that the point of immaculate conception? I can't remember if we discussed this or not, but I... Hope I would have raised the same objection, which is what about Mary's <laughs> mum then? Uh, she, she um, well, according to the reading that I did, she was Saint Anne and uh, mm-hmm. she had an encounter with God kind of like Hannah and said that she would give Mary at the temple. So she was pretty good. And then she gave Mary at the temple when Mary was just three years old and then Mary served at the temple. That's what I read from some uh, Catholic website. And what is the the historical basis of that? 
Uh, I think it's based on a book, something about James, something the something of James, I think, which was purported to be about the memories of Mary and written in about 120 AD, they reckon. Right. But, so we're um, talking we're talking extra biblical here. It's extra bit. It's not in the Bible. By which, it's extra by which I mean, yeah, not in the Bible, not very biblical. <laughs> yeah, but time. I mean, the timeline. If it was written in one twenty AD, could have been that someone talked to Mary before she died, and then they remembered those things and then wrote it down. Like it's not outside of the time frame of people who might be able to remember the stories of Mary. But um, sure, there's no indication from the Bible that any of that actually happened. Well, and the other thing that I dug up kind of along those lines while I was researching this was that there's a line of thought that says that Jesus didn't actually have any blood relative siblings Mm. because Jesus' six-ish siblings (laughs) were supposedly the children of Joseph's prior marriage. And so yeah. Jesus was actually the youngest, according to this view. But they, they essentially say, you know, there there are some people, and like particularly in early centuries, there was the view that Jesus' brothers were his actual brothers and his sisters are actual sisters. But they um, then point out that the greek word is not restricted to literally full brother or sister and so it might not be and then there you know you bring in the view that mary was a perpetual virgin and then well you don't have multiple other children if you're that and then there's other theories that they're like (laughs) mary's sister's kids and like there's a bunch of of different things but from what i can tell and with full awareness that this is an, a matter of um, difference of opinion with some of my Catholic friends, a lot of this seems to be led by the theology of Mary being a perpetual virgin or Mary being, yeah, like we know theologically that Mary can't have had kids and therefore we need to come up with another explanation. Whereas I would say the most straightforward reading of the gospels is that the brothers and sisters were jesus actual brothers and sisters in fact do we want to maybe like take a look at some of the passages where we see jesus siblings mentioned and maybe that'll give us a insight into our question as well i'm happy to do that we can see have a look at some of those passages before we get into that though maybe the i think the passage that lets me know that mary wasn't a Perpetual Virgin is in Matthew chapter 1 when it tells us that um, Joseph Which, did not consummate their marriage did. until yeah. Mary gave birth to a son. Which sounds to me like he did consummate the marriage. He just waited until Jesus had been born because they want to be really clear that this baby was a virgin birth. Yep. Case closed. I'm happy to call it. Yeah, I think Joseph would have been pretty disappointed as well if uh, if he married this woman and then God was like, but you can never have sex with her. And he's like, what? But we had the Messiah. No, nah, still got to 
hold off. That'd be disappointing, I reckon. Yeah, but you know, I, I reckon guides ask people to do harder things. Nope, that would be the hardest thing. <laughs> and probably we should not uh, base our theology of Mary on what would be a hassle for Joseph if God did or didn't do it. But on your actual point, I agree. <laughs> I think, I think uh, if no, I won't. I won't keep talking about that. Let's uh, let's <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> Um, so why, why from the Bible, uh, where in the Bible do you find brothers and sisters for Jesus? Okay, so um, let's look, let's take a look at Mark chapter six, um, and this is starting at verse one. Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked. What's this wisdom that has been given him? What are these remarkable miracles he's performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Mm. So That sounds to have... me like he had uh, a brother called James, and one called Joseph, one called Judas, one called Simon, and that he also had sisters. Yep, multiple. So that puts us to at least six. Yes. And also, wouldn't you say that a plain reading of that text would say that it's Mary's son and the brother of those guys? To me, I go, you'd if they weren't Mary's kids, you'd want to be a bit clearer about that. Like, to yeah. me, the plain reading of that sentence is, isn't this Mary's son and the brother of her other sons? <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. It's like people have said that maybe they're cousins, um, which I don't think would make as much sense because, like, it's clear that John gets listed as a cousin, and he's from the same uh, area, I think. Oh, hold on, mm. Mary goes to visit Elizabeth, so maybe they're not from the same area. But they might have said, "Well, they're they're down in Judea," but. Oh, he I mean, left his hometown. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry, I I didn't didn't read that properly. Anyway, so but they knew of John the Baptist, so they could have said, "Isn't this Mary's son and the cousin of John, and also James and Joseph and Judas and son?" But John well, the Baptist doesn't on. come up as a cousin. Hang on. That oh, I get what you're saying. I think so. These guys are in Nazareth now. This is oh, they're like, back in Nazareth. Like this part I just read. Yeah, yeah. So he left there and left. Um, where they were previously and then went to his hometown. Um, previously, they were in Capernaum where Jesus was um, healing the sick woman and raising the dead girl. And then uh. they left Capernaum and went to Nazareth. And when they got there, that's when the siblings came. John was... Mm, last we saw John, he was in Judea or he was at the Jordan River and his yeah. parents lived in Judea as well, we know from Luke. Yeah. So, but, yeah, that seems like a really kind of narrow and specific list. If we're going to be rattling off cousins, surely yeah. there'd be more kicking around. And the, the the most famous one would get a mention, I suspect. That's true, yeah. Um, also, 
I think we can kick, we can level up from at least six siblings to at least seven siblings because the parallel passage in Matthew, isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't this Mary's, oh, sorry, isn't his mother's name Mary? And aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? And aren't all his sisters with us? Which oh, to so me suggests at least three. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that sounds right. So, so. he's he's got seven seven siblings or more or more at least seven siblings and you would imagine that with that many siblings not all of them would be um well hang on are we are we ready to say for the purposes of the rest of this discussion that we are of the view that Jesus is the oldest yes okay and so by the time you get to sibling six or seven I mean, I guess they could have been quadruplets or something. It doesn't say. They could, they could have been. They may have, like, like thinking about, like, infant mortality rates in those days, Mary might have had more kids, mm. but not all of them survived to adulthood. So if anything, you would imagine that the age gap between a bunch of them could be quite broad. Mm. Like, some of these kids could be. I mean, you get the sense that that the siblings we're talking about here uh, of an age where they can get up and give Jesus a hard time for pretending being the Messiah. So they're not like, we're not talking toddlers here, presumably, but still like, <laughs> anyway, my, my my tangent, the point of this was to kind of say, they're not all in that zone where you're like, you're all four years old, but you're the four-year-old who is always obedient to what I say. I wonder whether... Like, back to my original thing of James being like, you know, the whole, why can't you be more like your brother? I wonder if he could have shrugged a bunch of it off as like, well, he's the oldest. He's, you know, he knows how to be responsible because he's <laughs> the old one. <laughs> yeah, because the oldest is always the most responsible. Isn't that a thing that, like, older siblings have, like, a heightened sense of responsibility? Yeah, they probably do. Or is that just, am I just revealing things about myself? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I've never been an older sibling, so I don't know. But um, I think that's the thing that people talk about. I think Jesus certainly had a heightened sense of responsibility. I'm happy to say that. Yeah, that, that seems right. So one other thing from those bits that we just read, it definitely doesn't seem like the rest of Jesus' village saw him any differently to his other siblings. Yeah, so he obviously wasn't, like, flaunting his perfection. Yeah, so I don't think this, at the very least, I don't think this was, like, a a multicolored dream, a technicolor dream coat situation. <laughs> but, yeah, like, if there was favoritism, it, it seemed, my guess would be that it was happening kind of more on the down low at home. Yeah, so... Is it though? Is it would it be appropriate for Mary to have Jesus as her favorite? Like, if she understands that he is God, I'm not sure how much she understood about his identity. She knew that he was. I assume she knew he was the Messiah, um, and she knew that he was born uh, without, um, you know, with God impregnating her. So she knew that. Did she know that she should worship him? And if she did know that, it would be entirely appropriate for Jesus to be the favorite. It would be probably difficult for the other siblings 
but you probably should worship Jesus. Hmm. Well, so if we jump back to Luke, um, and we come, so Luke chapter one verse mm-hmm. twenty-six. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. So, bare minimum expectations. My kid (laughs) is the promised Messiah who will rule forever which you know may in her mind have meant is going to boot the romans out and set up an earthly kingdom in jerusalem but like it is difficult to see how could how she could anticipate any of her other kids going on to achieve bigger and better things than jesus (laughs) they're like well judas is a doctor and he's done very well from himself, but um, not the Messiah. <laughs> so, yeah. I wonder if it's like if there was, I mean, it it brings to mind for me that thing of like the not quite as famous sibling, like the Hem, you know, that, he- that other Hemsworth? <laughs> yes. Is there a third Hemsworth? There- it's like. There's I think Chris- there's four Hemsworth. Oh, there's, there's Larry Chris- Hemsworth. What? Larry? That's me. Or is up. that just from The Good Place? <laughs> um, what does Wikipedia tell you? How many Hemsworths are there? Yeah. Do you know that um, Luke Hemsworth was in The Saddle Club? I think I did know that, actually, because I'm a big Saddle Club fan. Uh, maybe, I, maybe Luke Hemsworth is the one. Like, he's had a good career he was in he's in like westworld and stuff chris hemsworth no luke hemsworth isn't it chris hemsworth is in there's there's hold on there's luke there's oh, no, chris. oh yeah yeah no chris is the famous one so chris hemsworth <laughs> is the 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 famous hemsworth yeah he is sorry liam I, I hemsworth <laughs> is the hunger games hemsworth and then Luke. Still very famous. And then in any other family, Luke Hemsworth would be like the famous one. Yes, I remember. But he's I, the one you have to Google because you're like, what's his, which one was he again? Which is yeah. no disrespect on him. Like he is, you know, more famous than either of us will ever be. He's but, also the, the shortest Hemsworth. So that doesn't help. Are you on HemsworthHeights.com? <laughs> No, I'm just looking at I'm looking at pictures of them and they stand together. He's the shortest by far. The Hemsworth brothers, how many are there? Yeah, there's there's three. Like, did you know that Chris Hemsworth's secret talent is sewing? Or that Liam's mother taught his high school sex education class? Or that there's actually a third Hemsworth brother? Wait, see? That's it. The trivia fact about Luke Hemsworth is did you know he exists? <laughs> This is from Who Magazine um, or Who Weekly or whatever it's called. Anyway, 
I feel like we've given the Hemsworths enough airtime. But the my, what was the point of that? <laughs> the, oh, the, the point was, no matter how well, like in any other family, like being a James or a Jude, and like getting a book in the Bible, and you know, going on to do all of that, like that's pretty good. Like Peter's mum was pretty chuffed with how Peter shaped up over you know, when it was all said and done in the Bible. But then in Mary's family, there's just no topping salvation of the world and being God. That is, but that, that's assuming that that's something that Mary values as being most important. Like, so, I mean, Mary was a Jewish mother, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and I have a Jewish mother. So, there are some things... That I think I, I'm not going to say that every Jewish mother is the same, but there are some stereotypes that come along with it. My mother lives up to some of them. Uh, she loves to feed me. Jesus would be difficult to feed. Like he had bread that people didn't know about, and so Jesus would turn up, and she'd be like, "Jesus, welcome home. I'm going to feed you." It's like I've already eaten, Mum. Sorry. She'd be like, "Jesus, how can I feed you? And your other brothers are eating all the time. And look at you. You're too skinny." Why haven't you eaten? So, like, things like that. Or, like, she obviously knew that he could do miracles. And when when in John chapter 2, she comes up to him and asks him to do this miracle, she obviously knows that he's got this opportunity where they've, you know, they've run out of wine at the wedding and Jesus and Mary's like, hey, can you do something about this? And Jesus is like, woman, why do you involve me? My hour has not yet come. How many times do you think she asked him to do a miracle? Like, he was 30 by this stage. She didn't know when his hours was going to come. Like, she might have had 30 years of asking Jesus to do miracles and him refusing. Like, that's got to wear pretty thin. <laughs> do you do you actually reckon that Mary was asking Jesus to do a miracle at Cana? Yeah. She, she, she comes up to him. She's like, they've got no more wine. And then, and then he's like, he knows what she's asked. He's like, why, why are you getting me involved? And then she doesn't care what he says. She's had enough. So she goes to the servants and is like, do whatever he tells you. And so he goes over like, all right, then fine. You don't reckon she just them, is like, well, my son's a problem solver? No, I, I don't think so. I think she's like, she's like, at some point in time, he's going to start doing some magic. <laughs> this has got to be it. This wedding, this is the moment. Well, if it's not this moment, then it's going to happen one day soon. <laughs> she, she, but like she might have always been <laughs> trying to like pull these tricks onto you. Someone came up to to Mary and was like, "Mary, I've I've lost my thirteen sheep," and she's like, "Jesus, she's lost, she's lost his her thirteen." You're sheep. thinking of like um, Jesus, is like, is, why are you asking me? Is it Neville Longbottom's grandmother or whoever that kept on like trying to? <laughs> surprise him or like chuck him out windows and stuff so that he would <laughs> like demonstrate that he wasn't a squib maybe i can't i can't remember that kind of deal though yeah maybe she was regularly throwing things at um, jesus to see if he could supernaturally yeah, ca catch them so so where, where where are we um where are we up to i'm just saying that the where where is it at the G that just because Jesus was the Messiah and was perfect and was going to save the world, 
doesn't mean that he necessarily was the favorite. That it might just be easier to love the kids who are a little more easy to understand, a little easier to feed, who who don't, you know, dangle miracles in front of you for 30 years and not do anything. That's what I reckon. Mm. Like there there are people who are easy to be friends with um because they they're a lot more like you than the people who are like really nice and talented and you know do really well at everything they do and you're like look I think you're a great person but it's it's much easier to be friends with my messier friends than my perfect friends and Jesus and may have it may have been the same with Jesus and Mary I don't know yeah and Joseph I, we're leaving Joseph out a lot but I he he left himself out we don't see him after Luke chapter two so. I wonder yeah. how much she just had him in a different category. Do you know what I mean? Like, did she go, well, I've got my regular kids and then I've got my messianic kid. I wonder how much she held them in different categories in her mind. And like when they were sitting around the like dinner table or whatever, like, you know, and, and I, I guess a good parent bears the different personalities and needs of all of their kids in mind and treats them all as individuals. And so maybe this is all just an extension of that. But I, yeah. My grandfather likes to tell me that I'm his favorite eldest unmarried grandson. Oh, I'm now married. But so I'm his favorite eldest married grandson now. But for a while, that was the category I was in. And he always just finds the category that I fit in and then says I'm the favorite one of those. And so I'm... It's pretty easy to do that. And so maybe she can do that with each of her kids. Jesus, you're my favorite uh, messianic child. And James, you're my favorite prag- pragmatic writer child. And I don't know, Shoshana, you're, you're, my, you're my favorite eldest daughter child. Yeah. <laughs> Is Shoshana really a Jewish name or did I just make that, make that up? I think you might have just made it up. You certainly <laughs> made up that that was the name of one of Jesus' sisters. Um, but I think you might have made it up from the ground up. <laughs> I think maybe where I want to circle back to for my answer to this is, you know, I was talking before about the idea of, you know, the way that you experience different people is different, but then Mm. you have the choice about whether you're going to play favorites or not. And I think we see zero sign that Mary played favorites with anyone. And the Bible certainly doesn't shy away from being like, yeah, this person, they played favorites with their kids. Like it doesn't brush that stuff under the rug. It happens over and over. And so I think we can safely say that Mary at no point played favorites with her kids. And Joseph either. He seems like a good dude. Stand-up guy. Yeah, I think it, it definitely would have... The the Bible writers would have written about it if they had played favorites because it would be so much of an echo of what happens earlier in the Bible. And I, I Yeah, so I think it's pretty safe to say it didn't happen. Yeah, and I think that clearly she had a unique relationship with Jesus and a kind of category-breaking relationship. Um, and I think it just, you know, it was a 
mother and son dynamic, but it was also a God and human dynamic and a Messiah and a Israelite dynamic. You know, like it, it was all of those things. And I guess that's, there's no escaping that. And it's no, it's not like it's only appropriate. And I think that that is kind of, you know, in the same way that we shouldn't treat Jesus as just any other human. I think Mary couldn't treat Jesus as just any other human and neither could Joseph and neither could his siblings. Like when his siblings figured it out, I mean, I bet a lot of things made sense in, in hindsight, but also there would have been another shift in their relationship. And we're called to love God and love others as much as we can all the time. And I bet Mary did that in her, in all of her sinful, broken humanity, like the rest of us. Like I reckon as much as anybody else, aside from Jesus, she seems like she tried to embody the life that God was calling her to. I think you're right. So I think, so you're saying that you think that Jesus was in his own category in his relationship with Mary and Joseph. But as far as we know from what we see of Mary, that she was good, God-fearing woman who did her very best to obey God as she was called to, which leads us to believe that she would have been an excellent mother and not played favorites, even if she got on with some kids better than others and had a unique relationship with Jesus. They ought to have turned out pretty well adjusted. Yeah, and I think, you know, it it would always be blurry and everyone's relationship with everyone is multifaceted, at least if you get close enough to let it be multifaceted. So, like, you know, my mum is my mum, but she is also my boss at my job and she is also, like, now that I'm an adult, there's this other dimension where it's like we're kind of mates in a way that we couldn't have been when she was feeding me my first solids or whatever and I was throwing them on the floor. And then also, you know, she's kind of a mentor to me, but then increasingly I'm able to speak into her life as well. And so, like, all that to say that complexity, that is just like there are bits of it that are weird and there are bits of it that are great, and but it just is what it is and you just get on with it in every relationship. I reckon it was like that, but all the dials dialed way up because he was god also (laughs) yeah but i reckon there's a reason that god chose mary as well you know not because she was perfect but because she was a person who would trust god and listen to him and do the best humanly possible job of raising the messiah and i am sure that if she had screwed that up in any major way we'd know about it so yeah good on mary and good on joseph good good on you good good parenting team folks uh so do you think this has any particular impact then on the way we live now uh well I definitely think Jesus should be your favorite. <laughs> He's my favorite of all of Mary's kids. Yeah, that that feels appropriate. 
He's not going to be my. He can't be my favorite child. Not anymore. <laughs> but he's my. He'll be my. He'd be my favorite person ever born of a child of a human. Mm. My favorite ever human child. Does that make sense? Your favorite ever person who has at some point been a child. Yeah. Yeah. He's always the child of Mary. He'll never not be that child. Well, he he will always be the son of Mary. I don't know if he will always be the child. Uh, that's that's just an English thing. That's yeah, not- that is. He will he will not always be a child, but he will always be the son of Mary, and he always will have been her child. Yes. Um, yeah. Other conclusions. Don't play favorites with your children when you have another one. We might not. It might be easiest if we just have one and then, then we don't have to worry about having a favorite. I mean, I don't I don't know that Mary and Joseph's six or seven other children or more are prescriptive. I don't think there's a <laughs> biblical mandate there to have as many as you can, although some would disagree with me, but I would agree with myself. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely don't think we're going to be open wombers. I think the fact that we're we're seven years into marriage uh, and we don't have, you know, seven kids is a pretty good sign that, well, we don't have to go into, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I don't know how much, I, I was going to let you keep talking, but I don't know. Um, this was going to be the day we recorded a podcast with your wife, but it's not. So maybe just <laughs> say that for never well we can do if we can do an episode on family planning with tom and emily in the future yeah, great. I, and i'll just listen to that one um and i'm sure that's I, a I don't question think that's a question you're not are, asking i think yeah. most people aren't asking about tom and emily's family planning though so we could that's answer true that. it would fit the <laughs> yep um but you know how this whole thing is predicated on um showing that just because not many people are asking the questions, that doesn't mean they shouldn't be asking. <laughs> I feel like the world shouldn't be asking deep personal questions about how you are going about making those decisions. <laughs> yeah, I'm, um, I'm happy with but that. But I'm glad you're having a kid. I'm excited about that. Mm, me too. <laughs> and the kid might right. even exist by the time this, e- this gets released. Um, well, it exists now, but it might exist on the outside of the womb. So, who knows? At the rate we're going, that seems <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll be able to right. play this to the kid when they graduate high school. So, look, Great. we talked about you. Well, I think we've definitely solved that problem, and it's been very inspirational. We definitely talked about it for the requisite amount of time. So, good <laughs> job. Podcast accomplished. I think we sold a lot of books today. Chris, uh, if people want to hear more from you, where should they go? They can go to chrismorphew.com to find out all about my books or they can look up Chris Morphew on YouTube where I am currently posting daily video, well, five-day-a-week videos of my lockdown experience, some of which are pretty okay. Fantastic. And how about you, Tom? (laughs) Where can they go to find out more about you? They can go to tomfrench.com.au where actually you can sign up for my email list, which I don't normally advertise, but in the next day or two, I'm going to drop a reveal of the new cover of my book 
and give you the opportunity to read some of it. So if you're really excited about a dozen disappointing disciples, go and sign up for my email list at tomfrench.com.au and you can get all the info. And if you sign up too late, just send me an email and I'll just send you the info anyway. I love getting your emails, although there's always some momentary confusion because you you've enabled the like personalized to form and so oh, it, yeah. it's always like hi chris and then you get into the email i'm like you told me this already when we were on the phone why are you emailing <laughs> me oh you're emailing everybody okay cool good no Great. i i personally sit down and write all of them i type wow. it all out yeah then why do you keep telling me things about a book i've already read well sometimes i feel like you might be a little forgetful and i want to remind yeah. you no, that's good. That that That's fair, actually. Yeah. All right. Well, there we go. We did a podcast, Tom. Oh, uh, yeah. See you uh, next week. Yeah, let's do another one next week. Sounds good. Bye. See ya.